It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. In this episode, uh, we are going to chat to uh, someone who's had a distinguished career uh, in WA and Australian cricket, uh, both as a player and as a coach. He's coached uh, extensively here in Western Australia, but also had a stint uh, in England as well. And uh, one for the trivia buffs. He was uh, at the helm when WA last won the Sheffield Shield. It was the Pura Cup, of course, back then. In fact, the last two, mm-hmm. if you want to be uh, strictly accurate. Uh, and many other things uh, to chat about uh, along the way. Uh, the birth of World Series crickets, an opportunity that uh, our guest actually turned down at the time. So I wonder if that's a, a, a moment of regret all these years on. Uh, we'll find all that out over the course of the next hour or so. Let's say hello and welcome to Wayne Clark. Hello, Wayne. Okay. Tim, how are you? Going all right, thanks. How yeah. are you? Oh, great, thanks. And thanks for inviting me on. Let's start with that question. Any uh, any regret about turning, turning down Kerry Packer? Uh, no. 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 Um, I don't think I would have got to the position I've done in cricket without probably turning that down. I, I well, might as well start with that, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, it was a very, very interesting time um, and the lead up to it, I think, um, I can always remember playing in a game, a final up in uh, Queensland, a one day final where it had the lilies and marshes and it was Thompson and, and the chapels and all that sort of stuff and... We had a um, twenty-five dollars a day for our. This is a shield, uh, sorry, a Gillette Cup final in yep. those days. And Jeff Thompson ended up talking to one of the ladies there, of course, one of the girls, which he ended up marrying. She was the model there, and they were getting seventy-five dollars a day. Right. So people started. There was a lot of questioning being asked at that what, stage. What would that equate to these days? Do you reckon? Twenty-five or seventy-five bucks a day. Wow! Well, in, in today's terms, what's that sort of five hundred bucks? Maybe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought, but yeah. for them to be getting three times what the players were. Yeah, and that was really the sort of things that were happening, and players started to get that unrest. And yeah, um, that was about nineteen seventy-five. I think it was seventy-six, and then it just developed from there. Um, I remember getting a phone call from Rod Marsh at one stage. You know, saying, "Look, you're liable to hear it. Get a phone call." in regards to maybe getting involved in something that's going to happen. And I oh, yeah, okay. Um, and I eventually got the phone call. Uh, and and it was one of those things. I, I was school teaching at the time and uh, there was security and all mm. that sort of stuff that I had to sort of uh, weigh up. Um, but the way it was done, well, I got a bloke came down to Hillcrest Oval. I was playing a game of cricket and we had to go across the other side of the oval and Mm. Behind a tree and having yeah, a right. chat about what we were going to do, or, you know, what the offer was, and 
And at that stage, I'd know I'd, I'd just missed out on the tour to go to England. That that had just uh, I got to the last sort of twenty, and I'd sort of been told that you know you're in the in the mix and all that. And that's where it all happened over there. Yeah, um, they they started to ring players, and you had to be sort of pretty quiet about it. You had to sort of say that you know don't say anything. But eventually, I had to make that decision. I weighed up all the f- the positives and the negatives, and um, I actually then ran Cricket Australia and just asked them where I sat, and and because then I think the mm. news had sort of come out by mm. then, and they just said, look, there's you probably play in the first test match, you know, that come along. So I sort of got that sort of bit of a guarantee and um, I eventually said no. As it was, I think they played two years and got paid for four. Mm. So in those days, I think the the, the asking, the the contract was around about $22,000, $25,000. I said, look, I won't do it. And and they actually came back to me and said, well, why don't you just play on your school holidays? (laughs) And Rob Langer, I remember for Rob, uh, Justin's uncle, yeah. he actually did that. And there might have been a couple of other players that, that actually accepted that they just played in there. Yeah. And the reason I don't regret it is because I don't know whether I would have got in the super test. Um, they played in Ballarat. They played all these other things. And a lot of those guys did, you know, didn't hear from them. As mm. it was, I, I was able to play for Australia and I've always got that, you yep. know, that cap and that number. Um, and I did pretty well. I set yep. a record in the first um, series against India. Um, and then I think it sort of just got me sort of a bit of a name, which I then get into coaching and all that. Sort yeah. Of. yeah. Cricket Australia screwed me um, in the end, I think. Um, How so? I, I was, I was <laughs> accused of having a, um, an action that probably wasn't as clear as snow. But I had I can remember in the test match here in Perth, the Indians sort of questioned me, and that was after I'd probably got Gavaskar out four times, I think it was at that time, yeah. and he said, "Oh, is something wrong with the action?" And so I remember Channel Nine came down, and we did all the uh, the camera work, which there's not much there now. That like in those days, it was just the camera from the side, and and I was cleared. There was no no yeah. risk about it, but that hung on me for over a period of time. I remember I went to the West Indies and um, the first test match in the West Indies, I'd bowled. Um, we were playing, you know, there was Richards and all those mm. sort of things and I'd bowled the first session and at um, lunchtime, the, the umpire, a fellow by the name of Douglas Sanghu, um, came in and said, the captain, he said, oh, I'm going to call Clark in the next mm. next session. You and Yardley were both under the microscope yeah. there, weren't you? yeah. And um, I changed ends. I bowled the full thing. I played the rest of the series except the last game in Jamaica. Uh, we played a lead-up game and Bruce got called for chucking them by yeah. Douglas Sanghu, yeah. Yeah. who eventually went to World Series. Um, so I didn't play in the last test. I, I had a crook back in that at that stage anyway, but I would have played in that. And it was interesting that there was an agreement that went back for many, many years because in the off-season after West Indies, I was, I, there was an article written by Peter McFarlane saying that I'd never play international cricket again. Um, so because I, of your action? Well, I rang him up and I said, what's going on? I said, he said, uh, well, it goes back to Bradman days and that when there was an agreement that anybody with a suspect action um, you know, wouldn't play against England and all that. Now, if you look at Bruce Yardley's record, he played a lot in Australia, but he never got picked to go to England. Um, I came back 
and I had my best shield season. I didn't get picked in the series where we lost five or six nil and yeah. the conditions were absolutely ideal. I had nearly my best shield season. Mm. He said to me, he said, I bet you get picked. There's a series between Pakistan and Australia, a two-test series, you'll get picked at that. And I got picked in a, a game at the MCG and I think I got three for... But the next test was in Perth. I thought, okay, that's fine. I didn't get picked in Perth. But the squad that got picked in Perth, plus two or three others, were going to go. Were picked to go to England for a Prudential Cup. So right. again, it was. So he was probably on the money. Uh, I think they were pretty much on the money, and um, it's, things just sort of fell apart from that. But so I was, a, I was a bit. I wasn't. Well, I was bitter that, that they didn't. Was this support known me. at the time, or sort of known in? Cricket circles, but was it a scandal at the time? Uh, no, because no. no, 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 that was just a, a, an agreement that had been made, and mm. he knew about it. And, and the more I sort of looked into it, it, it sort of held way, didn't it? That yeah. sort of thing. But so I, I was a bit yeah, peeved with all that. That my career was probably cut shorter than what it was. So yeah, it's that might be my only regret, and and I didn't, yeah, you know, what. Wouldn't have helped much if I come out in Grizzly yeah. anyway. So, yeah. Uh, but I continued to play a bit, and then I got involved in coaching. So that worked yeah. out okay. You've just basically just given us a quick run through snapshot Sorry. of your whole career, Wayne. What are you no, doing? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was only part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go and and unpack some of that stuff in more detail. Let's go back to when you made your first class debut. Nineteen seventy four ish. Can you remember the moment you um, stepped out for your first? Well, I can remember my first, first class game, first one day game. Yeah, first one day game. I think was seventy, might have been seventy two, and it really stuck out to me because I was able to open the bowling with Graham McKenzie, mm. um, who I just think is just one of the best yep. bowlers ever. Yeah, you know, and you talk about someone that was stitched up by Cricket Australia. Yeah. You know, that time when he was about to break the record, he was just uh, – and, and it's interesting, to, you know, you meet these guys that you, you know, you've idolised and all that, and sometimes you're very disappointed. Definitely not with Graham McKenzie. He's yeah. one of the great gentlemen of the game and I uh, was an absolute honour. But it, it was an interesting game. Um, I, I got, uh, well, introduced to first-class cricket in those days pretty well, you know, uh, the night before – I remember Rod Marsh knocking on the door at 4am looking for more beer um, <laughs> and it was just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and we played at the SCG and I think we got them out for 260 or something. We bowled first. I bowled four O's for 38. I nearly got a bill from the SCG for the broken pickets, I reckon. <laughs> I just kept bowling no balls and it was it was absolute nightmare. But... Um, I can always remember we were five for 120, Jason 260, and then Rod Marsh went to the crease and it was like, oh, yeah, right, I'll better get my pads on, I'll be batting soon. And he scored 98, not out. Um, we won the game. He came in and he cramped up. The first thing he had was a beer. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is not a bad way of playing cricket. Yeah. From, and from there we went down to um, the MCG and we played New Zealand in the final so, and I got three or four for and So that was sort of my start of my career. Yeah. Set you on your way. way so. Yeah, very good. Now, you mentioned India. We'll get into that right if we take a break because uh, there was a, a batter of some note, shall we say, that you seem to have uh, in your measure. One of the greats, one of the absolute greats of the game. But somehow, Wayne, you managed to, managed to spook him. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> variation in pace. That's what he thought. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you exactly who and how he did it right after this. This is Inspiring Stories. Wayne Clark is our special guest. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. And is that a chance? He's out. Yes. Kavaska caught Kozia. Bold Clark for three. Ben Saka not out eight. One for 11. And Clark, who was the surprise bowler to open the and share the new ball with Thompson, has one for 10. Here's the replay. I think it comes off his pad, it gets up and comes back and hits his body. Oh, what to do? It's very hard if we get covered. It uh, got very nastily and uh, possibly came off the uh, hand, I think. How good is that old-style cricket oh, commentary? Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant, isn't it? Um, take us back to that moment. I mean, Sunil Gavaskar, one of the absolute legends, and at the time, really, I mean, he was he was the one mm. wicket you wanted to get, right, as a bowler? Yeah, very much. I mean, they were they were, they were full strength, you know. They were, yeah. they were they were a good side, but not pace bowling. I mean, they mainly based on their spinners and their batsmen. You know, they had some terrific players, and yeah, I can remember that. Uh, then you know, I was I was given the new ball, which a lot of people were surprised with. Um, but yeah, I was just lucky enough to get one and nip back and <laughs> take the glove, and yeah. It sort of started a little bit of a run with Sunil Gavaskar. Yeah, well, I mean, a little uh, bit of a love hate. Yeah, lot of lot of lot of hate from him. Well, no, no, because yeah. I mean, there, would, there wouldn't have been too many bowlers that seemed to trouble him in the way that you did. What was it that uh, that that seemed to you know? I, I make don't know. Him, make I got him anxious on the crease. I, I got him out the first six times I bowled to him. So yeah. it was um, that Test match. Then we played in Perth. Uh, in a, a like a WA versus India, and then the Test match. He was a hundred, two or three times. But <laughs> still, made, still made some runs. Yeah, we don't want to mess the story <laughs> up with those sort of facts and all that sort of stuff. But but then he sort of got even, and because he was the one that um, with another fellow named Garvey, who was a bowler, who maybe his action was a little bit different. Um, they questioned, they were the ones that questioned it because they thought I had a quicker bouncer and how can you have a quicker bouncer, such a quick bouncer for a guy that, you know, is not bowling, you know, express. express. Yeah. So it was the variation in pace, I suppose. But, yeah, I always call him my bunny, but I think I get a bit carried away by <laughs> myself. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm better now than what I was then. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, I mean, he would have been facing up to Tomo's bouncer, so he should have been pretty yeah, good at handle, yeah. handing a... Uh, a quick short pitch delivery coming down, flying at his head. Yeah, look, he was a, he was a fantastic player, and as I said, he he got well, I think he got three or four centuries during that series and that as well, which was mm. um, he was just once he got in, you know, he was a very difficult player to get out. But um, yeah, I got him a few times, so it was good. And so I got to live on that forever. And and do it. Do it. Call him your bunny. <laughs> Just run with it forever. <laughs> it makes a good dinner party story, I'm sure. And I'm sure you've told it once or twice. Uh, I do won't. get a bit yeah. carried away. <laughs> uh, success on that tour uh, earned you selection for the 78 tour of the West Indies. I suppose if there's a link between the two, um, you know, Gavaskar questioning your action, that continued, didn't it, into that yep. tour of West Indies, which is where you ran into trouble with uh, your old mate you mentioned, yeah, D- Douglas. Yeah. Douglas Sang Hugh. Mm. Um, yeah, it did. It's and then it, I think once it was out there, there was 
yeah, I, I copped it a bit for a while, but yeah, I mean, I was, that must I have was been comfortable hard with to it. take though. I mean, this is your craft. Well, it is bowling, and, and people you... are kind of suggesting that it's illegal, even cheating. Yeah, um, it's it. It must have hurt. I I, I know that if. Vision was taken, and you do it now. That there wouldn't be a problem. No, you know, not a problem. Not when you've got a bloke that's got nine hundred wickets that actually nearly should be playing baseball. But um, <laughs> so no, it, it, it. I suppose that's the, the thing that I look back and I, I just get really annoyed with that. Um, and it was just that, that throwaway comment that suddenly got into the press, and then yeah, and things happened with it. And um, I was pretty confident that it that. Yeah, I was yeah. okay, but yeah, and then I, I, I then I had problems with my back and yeah, and that just sort of once once you lose sort of half a yard or a yard at that level, yeah, it sort of brings you back to the field and that as well. So we talk a lot nowadays about how bowlers need to be rested and rotated and how injury prone they are and um, you know how big a squad you need um, to to go away on a tour mm. um, and and you reference back, you know. The, the good old days, let's say your era, Wayne, where bowlers just seemed to go forever. But uh, by the sounds of it, you would have been rested, you know, oh, in, in the in the modern times, you would have been rested far more than you were back then, I, given the back troubles that you had. Before I went to the West Indies, I had a, an X-ray. And I think it was, might have been with a torch, but um, <laughs> they said I had a, a, a sort of a little stress factor and they they, they gave me the option. So you, you, you just you play through want, it. Do you want to keep going or you'd want to go? and. I wasn't going to miss out on that, so. I, but now everyone's so aware, and I mean, any little slide in, they they give you a scan, whether yeah. it's on your thigh or whatever. And some of the guys, you know, you wonder sometimes how much pain they can play through. But it it, it is interesting because I'm still involved in cricket, you know, with um, at the local level, and the guys' awareness of their body. At sometimes you just sort of think, crikey, you know, um, but. I can only bowl 35 balls tonight. I've been told I only can do this. Well, mm. I can remember Glenn McGrath. I, I remember listening to an, uh, uh, an interview with him and he wanted to bowl every day. Mm. You know, even if it was just go and have 30 minutes down at the nets and, and bowl. Now, I use the example of if I'm going to go out today and dig a hole with a shovel, I'm going to be as sore as anything over the next day, mm. right? But if I'm doing that every day for the next two weeks, my body will become accustomed to it, you would hope, and it'll strengthen us for a period of time. It's the same with bowling. If I don't bowl, when I do bowl, my body's it's a shock to not the prepared. System. It's a shock, yeah. you know. And again, the good the good players, and I know Hazelwood was one that's sort of kicked up over this and wants to, to bowl on a regular basis, you've got to do what – you expect in a match as much as you can at practice because if you if you just come in and bowl and, you know, just go through the motions, once you get into a an actual game where the batsman actually hits the ball and it doesn't go into the net, it actually goes for four and you realise, yeah. Jesus, I'm bowling rubbish, yeah. you, you sort of try that little bit harder and that's when yeah. you probably yeah. do something for, to your body. And, and I, I, I just think that they, they should bowl. Even if it doesn't have to be a lot, but you've got to keep your muscles yeah. moving. And it doesn't matter what you do, you can go into the gym and try and replicate whatever you can. You can't replicate bowling because it's probably one of the most difficult things where you've got forward movement and rotation all at the same time. Unless you're doing it and you're using those muscles on a regular basis, 
I think you're, you're going to leave yourself open for injury. Mm. Um, and people call you, oh, you're an old dinosaur, you know, when you say, oh, why are they having the rotations? And I, I can understand, give them a rest, no problem, you know, but I, I can't see them stopping guys bowling as much as what they're doing over a period of time. And I would like to see it on a regular basis, yeah. you know, that they, they're using those, those muscles and yeah. sports science will knock me down, no, no risk at all. But mm. I'm just knowing as a bowler, if I didn't bowl for a week and then I, I'd pull up sore than I ever would, you know. And now any time you've got a little bit of pain, oh, they'll give you time off, you know. So yeah. it works, sometimes works the opposite. How's the back now? Uh, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the best. Um, Do you ever roll the arm over now? Oh, no, 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 the, no, no, definitely not. I, that's one thing when I did finish, I didn't play much social cricket yeah. or, you know. Um, Even during your coaching days, though, which we'll get to oh, yeah. in detail yeah. shortly, but uh, never tempted, you know, where you're standing around the nets there, you're never oh, tempted occasionally to just, would. Uh, you know, occasionally just yeah, set one down? Not too, not too often. No, no I just, that quicker bounce has stayed in the yeah in the dressing room. I didn't want him to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Um, your your back though really brought it into your playing days um, somewhat prematurely though, didn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I think I was 30, 30, 31, I think when I gave it away. But a lot of that too was um, you had to have a job. Yeah, you know, um, and I probably got out before they got me. <laughs> uh, in, in the States, I, you know, I, um, so it's, it's totally different now. I mean, if you're a player, you'll play as long as you possibly can now. Yeah. You'll be doing everything possible. Oh, yeah. You know, they, the contracts that they get and then, you know, you get injury payments and the whole bit. It, it's, yeah, it's different totally world. different. It's a different world. Different world. You know, and, yeah. but I don't know whether they have as much enjoyment mm. as what we did in Let's take another break. After that, we'll get into your coaching days. Uh, A hugely successful time uh, at the helm with the Western Warriors uh, and also uh, in between uh, those stints, a a trip to England as well, uh, which sounds like an adventure of sorts uh, and not without uh, controversy at times as well. This is Inspiring Stories. Wayne Clark is our special guest. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We are hearing the story of WA cricket legend Wayne Clark. Um, Wayne, we'll get to your coaching in just a moment, but when you took a break from from playing, it seems like you just sort of dropped out of the cricket picture altogether for a while. Uh, is that is that a fair comment? I, I know you went and worked for Alan Bronze uh, Spawn Brewery yeah, there well, for a was... while, and you had a liquor store and yeah, a I did. grocery I, I, store. It, I tried a few things different. I was, as I said, I was a school teacher, which was absolutely yeah. ideal when I was playing because you yeah. get plenty of time off. And, yeah. What did you teach, by the way? Uh, primary school. Yeah. And I was inspired by a fellow by the name of Laurie Main that played test cricket for Australia. He was my school teacher in, in year four. Yeah, right. And, and he he left us um, to go and tour the West Indies at that time, and I always thought, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So sport was always something that I had in, in mind. But, yeah, when I finished, I um, well, I retired from first-class cricket in 84, and then I spoke to Rod Marsh, and I said, mate, you know, your job's going around, and so he ended up getting me a job at the Swan Brewery. So yep. I was there for probably 12 years. Best job ever. You know? Selling beer, oh, basically. Oh, 
You're yeah. in heaven. Well, in, when I first took it over, a Swan was had a – well, they were just the only ones around. Yeah. And then the um, America's Cup was won. Yeah. So then they'll bring you it Good here. Good times. And in 1987, then, then the opposition came across and it was yeah. all thing. But I can always remember – I'll tell you a quick little story that my, what how good this job was. Because um, I was still coaching – I started playing coach as a couple of in – the, in the grade scene. I was yeah. doing a bit of that. Yeah. So at times when I got to training, I wasn't in the best condition. But um, I remember, if you remember Swan Premium cans, the black can. The black can. The black can. Yeah. How good was that? Yeah. It was absolute rubbish. <laughs> and it was – I think it was just emu export with caramel in it and whatever. <laughs> But we had to... Took they, the edge they, off the end, you They tried to make it a national drink and, and they come up with the theory that the best way to uh, get around was to be seen drinking it. So three nights a week, I'd be given $400, yeah. which in those days, 1987, was not yeah. a bad little earner, yeah. $400. And I could take as many as my mates and we'd just go down the pub and drink. I'd buy them drinks. As long I'd, as you had those black cans in your hand. I had to drink black cans, yeah. which was terrible. I'd be doing that three nights a week for the, wow. about two or three months or something. And so, yeah, condition-wise, I, I lost a bit of my fitness and, I bet and you did. over a period of time. But it was just a great job. I really enjoyed it. And then yeah. it became, I think, uh, Bondi sold it and um, the new mob came in and it became very grocery and commercial. But So I got out and I got into a liquor store with a couple of mates. Um, we bought one in Como and then we were looking at another one up, at, uh, up north the river. And I'll... I'll say now, if we'd, we actually got that, I'd still be in industry. Is that I, reckon right? I would have stayed. Yeah. But we didn't get it. So one of my partner's mates had got this good deal. We bought a Foodland store up in Midland. Yeah. Great. Really, really terrific. Hated it. Absolutely hated <laughs> it. My, my ex and I were, were running it and um, we got robbed and they put a thing down the street and it did, we nearly went broke. So I just... But while I was there, I got a, I got a call from um, Tony Mann, who yeah. was cricket manager with uh, WA at the time, and he just said, "Look, are you interested in coaching?" Yeah, you because know, and I th- and I'd been out of the game nine years. I'd done a bit, I did some commentary with Channel Nine. And mm-hmm. there's another story. Mm-hmm. A little one of I didn't last on that because um, I was doing it with um, Bruce Walker. Michael Thompson and Mick Malone, and for one, one, I was just doing comments. Yeah, and what, we always used to do it from a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday from the last session, and yeah. it was always really good. You know, yeah, it was bloody great coverage. I and remember I that doing, when it used to come while. on in the Arvo, it was brilliant. And for one, I don't know how it worked, but because we you used to go to the news, um, <laughs> and I got left doing it. And I, oh yeah, okay, yeah, no, you got to pass the Tina Altieri who was there at the time. Yeah. And I just said, oh, yeah, well, and, and now we'll go to Tina Terry for the Channel 7 News. Oh, no. <laughs> and it didn't go down that well. I can't understand no. it. I just felt it. So next year, I think Kim Hughes, too, right? yeah, Kim Hughes yeah. took my spot. I think. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, Rocket, and I said, look, no, I'm still on business. And, and why are you getting me? Why do you want me? Because I haven't been involved. But he, he kept it anyway, and they left it. And anyway, two weeks later, he came back. And in the meantime, I'd spoken to my mates. I was hating what I was doing. Yeah. So I took it on. Uh, yep. So it was something totally out of the blue, something I didn't apply for. I went and obviously had to have a bit of a chat to them before they yep. did it. And the the main reason was that WA was in a fair bit of angst at the time. It mm. was a really difficult time. Yep. And they just thought 
with my people skills maybe that I might have been able to do something about it. So it was interesting. Well, you certainly did because uh, after that, uh, WA went pretty well for a while. Didn't we? As I mentioned, our last two Shield victories were uh, under your command in the yeah, late 90s. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time because what had happened is that that was the time that they changed like, the WA cricket team to the Warriors. Yeah. There was, I think, the Bush Rangers had just come in, so everyone was following suit. Yeah. So in their wisdom, the marketing department decided, well, what we need is young people to take charge of the team. And that's when they put Damien Martin and yep. Justin Langer in, as captain and vice-captain. And they're both only 20 years old, I think it was. And you had people like Tom Moody, Bruce Reed, Valletta, um, and the list went on. Mm. So you had you had a group of the senior blokes just saying, what the hell's going on, mm. Julian and that. You had these two who, you know, they sort of wanted to play test cricket, but they're, they're too busy about this leadership, which they're not ready for. Yeah. Then you had uh, Gilchrist and Zura. Yeah. That issue was going yeah. on. And then you had the young young fellas and that are just sort of hanging around, which was like the Campbells and Bakers and Hussies and all that. So you had all this yeah. disruption within the group. And I I dealt with Damien a little bit and I can remember one of the first things I said to Damien, I said, look, mate, I don't think you should be captain. And, but I said, look, if if you want to keep doing it, we'll, we'll stick with it. And he decided to stick with it and we lost the first four or five games and um, – and I, I look back on this and if ever I've done anything for WA Cricket, I think it was this and that I said to Damien, I think, and for him because he wasn't scoring runs, he wasn't doing anything, I said, look, I think we've got to make a move here. You, you've got to move on and if you want to go and play higher grades of cricket, you've got to start doing it. Otherwise, you're going, to, you're going to be dropped from this side. Yeah. So I went to the selectors and the selectors said, I oh, know, we're not going to change it. I said, okay. So I went back to Marta and we had a discussion and uh, we sort of just took it on ourselves to... To make mm. that decision. Mm. In the meantime, I'd spoken to Tom Moody and said, "Look, this is what I'm planning. This is what's got to happen. Would you be interested? Would you take on it?" And he said, "Yeah, of course you would." Because Tom, at that stage, was looking maybe of just going playing permanently county cricket. Yeah, you know, we had no no test representatives, nothing. Yeah, um, and we had this thing. So the whole idea was to try and really unite what was going on and. Um, I got Damien to make an announcement through the press, which was either, you know, I might have been there for a very short period of time, <laughs> but I think we ended up winning four of the last five games. We made the final that year and got beaten in Adelaide, which was one of the best games we played. We had 11 overs at the last two batsmen and uh, we didn't get it. And then we made the finals, the grand final, whatever, for the next four or five years and we won two of them and yeah. a few things. and. So what was the secret, do you think, in, in bringing all those different elements together and, and, and making a cohesive team out of them? Um, it was really just going back to the basics. I mean, i got a very simple philosophy on the way that I work. Um, it's a, like a five-point thing, I suppose. And the, the number one is the team, Yeah. you know, and, and I use the old cliche. It's really great, isn't it? Together, each achieves more. But that was – I just drummed it down their throat. Um, and then anybody that, that compromised the, the group or the team – uh, we'd, we'd move mm. them on. Yeah. And then I tried to instill what the second point, which is pride. Um, you've got to be, you know, pride, happy and proud of who you're playing for. And I tried, I made them understand what the history of the game was and, mm. um, and the people that had gone before them and how uh, they benefit from it. Then you've got work ethic, which is 
you know, that's a basic thing. Um, and we set, I set guidelines, strict guidelines, and anyone stepped outside them. But within those guidelines, we set it up for, to be able to cater for all the individual. And because there's so many egos and so many personalities, you still want them to come through. Mm. So you've got to cater for that. But if anybody steps out of it, mm. you know, whatever, yep. and uh, about themselves, and then planning, we did a lot of planning on opposition. And then the last one was enjoyment. And yeah. We enjoyed it. If we had a win, we enjoyed it, you know, and, and when we were training, trying to in, introduce that. So so I went back to the basics and then, yeah, it, it just sort of melted from there. I, I tried to empower the players. I remember reading an article by, I forget now, the Carlton coach. Um, David Parkin. David Parkin, that's right. When he, at one stage, the players nearly revolted against him and he gave the players the the power that year, I think, in selection and all that, and I think they won the premiership a year or two later. I remember reading that article and I thought, that's it, empowerment. Yeah. So, you know, Tom and I had a great relationship of how we'd work it and then just involved all the players as much as possible. Mm. And they become a great group. Gilchrist was just fantastic in the way that um, he was able to, you know, work the group because yeah. he was under pressure with... Yeah. crowds and oh, everything that was going yeah. on. It was brutal. So he was able to bring the younger blokes through it and we just had a, a really good culture within the whole thing and that's yeah. what we worked on. And mm. um, I always had the plan if, if I could step back and do nothing and we're still going, things were working all right. You mm. know? But some people thought, well, you should be doing more, but you know, it doesn't work like that. That's not the way I see it. Oh, I read something uh, that you said uh, when you went to uh, Yorkshire. You talked about the the role of the modern coach where you said, I'm not there to correct technique so much and, you know, tweak their batting style. I'm, I'm a manager oh, more well, than a coach. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. I, th- I think it, cricket coach is, a, is not the term. And I think, um, warning was the one that said, oh, you know, coach is what, you know, you get on the thing to go down to the ground and catch the bus and sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> But what I try and do and always have done is provide the resources for, the, for them to play good cricket. But once the game starts, it's the captain that takes over. Yeah. Um, to say that I don't coach, it, it, that's wrong. I mean, I coach in different ways um, to get the better side of them, whether it's mentally or f- in the, in the technique-wise. I, I, as a bowler, I, I rate myself as a coach in mm. that I can pick up the problems that a batsman has. My problem was getting him to adjust to that or what to do, and that's where I used other people, mm. and I think that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's more at that level, it's more man management. Yeah. You know, if, if they haven't sort of – if they've got technical faults at that stage, they'll be found out, and it's unless they want to change that, it's going to be very, very difficult. But yeah. So I, I still think it's, it's more of a management role, providing resources – and and just yeah, being there as a as a coach, but as a mate as well. Yeah, can we talk about uh, the end of your first stint uh, at the Wacker, mm. and then your time in Yorkshire? Yep, I understand that all started with a phone call from Darren Lehman, who mm. said there's a position coming up. Do you want it? Correct. Is that correct? It is correct. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So off you go to. <laughs> oh, we want to go now. Oh, yeah, I let's, we're going let, to an ad. let's go to Yorkshire. Okay. Let's go to Yorkshire before we before we take a break because uh, this just sounds like a an amazing time. Yeah, I mean, you've, it... you've gone into a you know a whole cricket world that is still 
very much sort of stuck in the old way of doing things. Well, there's some some pretty outdated modes of operation there, and cultures and values and 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 whatnot. Some of which is is starting to come to the surface now. Mm. Um, but you've just gone right into the thick of it there at Yorkshire. Haven't yeah, you? it was interesting. I mean, I because we'd won the shield, and you mm. know, we were, I was going. I was pretty happy doing what I want, and, and Buff rang up because he was the pro at, at Yorkshire. At Yorkshire, yeah. And he just said, look, would you be interested? And I said, oh, look, I'll listen, I'll talk, you know. So he said, oh, you, you might get a, I think, I forget the bloke's name, Chris, someone. He said, you might get a phone call from him. And Yeah, no worries. So anyway, I didn't hear anything for a few days and it was a Saturday night and we were having a barbecue at home and had a few mates around and it was about 12.30 at night. I, the phone rings and uh, end up, and it was him from Yorkshire. And I, I was sort of talking short and he needed his notebook <laughs> to take what I was talking about. Um, yeah, he just sort of said, look, if you're interested and, yeah, and they arranged, arranged a, a video conference where I, uh, went to someone, I think it was in Highgate, went to this place and did a interview over that and that's just sort of developed from there. And, yeah. Um. Did you know what sort of a environment you were heading to? Is that, um, I mean, just to, just to paint a bit, I, you know, the, the time, the club hadn't had a lot of success. Uh, I mean, I think you led them to their first uh, well, they hadn't won county for championship. Thirty nine years. Thirty nine years. Yeah, yeah. The, it was massively in debt. There was a fraud investigation well, well, going there, on in the well, background. There wasn't. There wasn't at that time. Okay. But that, but that, developed, that developed after my first year. year after, yeah. it, it sort of right. Yeah. But I did spend a bit of time chatting to some guys that played in county games, and I, I spoke yeah. to Tom Moody about it, and I had a really good discussion with him. And he said, "What about yours?" He said, "Oh, look." He said they've got plenty of talent, but they just don't know how to win. He yeah. said, you know, the club is so old-fashioned, old and you know, the players. I, I said I can't understand why they don't. They're not successful. So, and I, I, I just sort of looked at their list and it was pretty good. Yeah. And, but you know, I hadn't seen a lot of them. I hadn't seen any of them. So. Yeah. Um, I eventually accepted the job, and the first time I met them was in Cape Town in South Africa. Right. I flew there and met them. They had a pre-season thing down there. So that was when I spent a bit of time with them and mm. um, we set some sort of standards and values and that that we that I'd used in the WA thing. And then I remember when we first got back to Headingley, the first training session was out there and it was, there was a bit of snow coming down, but they still trained. Mm. And it was bloody freezing. And I thought, what the hell am <laughs> I doing what here? What am I doing here? And then soon after that, I got a... Message from one of the board members, is, mate, we don't want you here, you know. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah, I cop, you know, I, that came out very, very early that there were a number of people that didn't. Because I was the first overseas coach. Yeah. And of course, they were always set. They didn't want overseas players and, and, and mm. it took them a long time to, to bring an overseas player. And I think the first one was Tendulkar. Mm-hmm. And then... Handy. Yeah, and then I think Richard uh, Richie Richardson was another. and But Darren Lehman had been there pro for a, yeah. a while, you know, and I'd sort of known him through when we played South Australia and, you know, having a drink after the game and things of that nature. So um, he was good and, mm. and and it was, yeah, it was a bit of an eye-opener mm. without any doubt at all. So so um, big job ahead to try to, you know, get some value out of these players. I mean, yeah. you know you've got problems there when the, the, there's opposition to the well, <laughs> recruitment of someone like Sachin Tendulkar. Well, Tim, the... the at season launch, I can remember, you know, I had to make a speech at the season launch, you know, yeah. the, new, the new boy. Um, and I and I probably spoke about Australian values um, because 
I, I spoke about the team thing and what I wanted and all that sort of stuff and because they didn't have anyone – I don't think anyone was playing test cricket at that stage. And I, and I just said that the whole thing that I like to do is I, I want to create a successful team um, because when you have a successful team, the individual success follows. You know, a lot of times people are, are striving, you know, I want to play test cricket. I'm playing. Well, you've got to get involved in creating a successful team, knowing what your role is and things. And WA was exactly in that spot. We didn't have anyone in the in the in the test side yep. because we weren't a successful team. You know, when when you when you're a success, people look at you and say, well, why are they successful? Yep. And they start analysing the different people in it. So that's the message that I try to get across to people, is that. Create a successful environment, successful team. Your individual thing will If you if you go out by yourself, it just doesn't work. You put mm. too much pressure on yourself. So I, I said that you know at this launch that you know this is my aim is to produce test cricketers. In the paper the next day, I should just worry about what my job is, and that's to win trophy. You know, and I just cop buggery over this. Mm. I shouldn't use that word. Um, but I. I I thought, Jesus, you can't win it here at the yeah. moment, you know. Yeah. And the thing that I discovered with the players is they they played with fear because they were so stood over by administration yeah. and they still had to wear a jacket to lunch. You'd been out there fielding, you're sweaty, you still had to wear a jacket to lunch. You had to do little things. So I, I cancelled, I stopped all that. Yeah. Um, and I started to try to put some fun into it yeah. and make it that, who cares if we lose, you know, but put ourselves in a position to win a game, you mm. know, to lose a game because mm. there was fear. They, they played with fear mm. and uh, we just, I was positive in the way we did things yeah. and, um, and it took a bit of time um, but it was, yeah, with, with the help of Lehman, he was good because he could see what I was trying to do. Yeah. Um, it worked really well and, and even things like when you win a game because they travelled all the time, you know, you'd, you'd play – 27 out of 32 days or something, you know, and a lot of times you'd be in the car. So they'd finish a game. By the time I'd walk into the room, they're all nearly getting showered, getting in the, packing their gear and getting in the car and driving back to Yorkshire. So I arranged at times that we would stay and actually celebrate our win, you know, go out to the pub, have a drink, you know, because they never used to do that. Yeah. You know, it was all just and, – and, and there was little more standover tactics and it was very, very old-fashioned in Yorkshire at the time. Yeah. It sounds like they've still got a few issues uh, to work through even uh, to will. this day. Mm. Yeah. Uh, some of those old habits taking a little while to flush through. Uh, let's take another break. This is Inspiring Stories. Wayne Clark is our special guest uh, from Yorkshire back to Western Australia uh, at the helm of the, uh, the the WA side again for another stint. We'll get into that right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Inspiring stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My special guest is Wayne Clark. Uh, Wayne, am I right in thinking that your time at Yorkshire sort of came to a fairly abrupt end? I know you still had uh, a little way to go on mm. your three-year contract that you'd signed. Uh, yep. You didn't go for the full three years. Can you give us the your version of that? Um, well, you mentioned about the club got themselves into a bit of trouble. Yeah. You know, and they, there was at one stage in that second year that they looked like they weren't going to pay the players. 
um, it was it was at that. And I used to write an article. I was asked to write an article in I don't know if it was Cricket World or one of the magazines, and and I I criticised the club, you know, which <laughs> I was go telling down well. the truth, yeah. and it didn't go down all that well. Um, but I I didn't sort of get on too well with the administrator. They they we we won won the championship the first year, and then I also made probably when I look back at it the biggest blue I made was that. I made Darren Lehman captain of Yorkshire the yep. next year. Yep. But the guy who'd captained him the year before was a fellow by the name of David Bias who yep. um He was very much of yeah, that. It was old a school Yorkshire, Yorkshire very, it was a Yorkshire person. Yeah. You know, and yep. eventually he went and played for Lancashire, which wow. was, was you know It's like the, going from the Eagles to the Dolphins. So every time people saw me it was or like you, you did it. Yeah. You know? Um and I look back on that and it, it probably wasn't a successful move. It wasn't a <laughs> A, a real career type thing for me, but there there was just a number of things that happened. We won, we won um, a trophy the next year too, and the one day CGI, we we won that. So in the two years that I was full coach, we did pretty well. So and then there was just different things that happened, and I I probably opened my mouth too much at different <laughs> times, and so I they said, oh we we want you to stay, but would you stay as a bowling coach? And I said, no, no, I'll, I'll either do it or not. And I said, but I'm coming back, so you're gonna have to pay me. You know, so I just went back and had a good time over yeah. there. And, um, but everyone gets moved on at some stage. I've got no problem with that. Yeah. But I've, I, I, the players, I knew I had their support because what we did was fantastic and mm. they enjoyed their cricket. And then quite a number of them played. <laughs> but they were they're just so old-fashioned. It was mm. – you just couldn't do it. We had a one game, and I just mentioned to it off air, was that um, – we went on a on a two week tour, so we, I think we went down to Essex, and then we were going across, and we ended up going across to Somerset. That's right. So we played, and because it was going to be away for two weeks, and I was just trying to get them involved, and said, "Okay, look, what we're going to do? I'll, I'll talk to some of the players. I want you to sort out that they have a like a bit of a beard growing competition, you know. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, we draw it out of the hat." And you've got to draw, go one with mutton chops and you've got to be this and you've got to be that. So it was just bit a bit of fun, of fun yeah. you know, for the, over a two-week period. And then the final of that, the final day or, or was, in, as I said, in Somerset, it was a one-day game. But the unfortunate thing was it was telecast and I didn't, didn't even take any thought of that. Well, after that game, the number of people from even just the the, the members – yeah. Um, the the board members abusing us, abusing me for allowing them to go onto the field, looking the way they did, and with facial hair. With facial hair, it was just extraordinary, and it was interesting because Michael Vaughan at that stage had got back into the test side. He in those days they were, they were all contracted, not by there was no central contract, so they had to play for their county team and they sort of nearly released them to go and play test cricket. It's all changed now. Vaughan went straight from this game. He had to go down to London to, for the test match there and he arrived to go in and they wouldn't let him in until he shaved what he had on. He had these mutton chops. And, but that was the, the style of the things there. And yeah. So try and I, I, I probably didn't back off enough as much as what I should and you were a troublemaker. No, I wouldn't say I was a troublemaker. I was I was there to do a job, and that was to win. Yeah, tournament, and that's what they wanted, which and, you did, and we did. And but they probably didn't like the the traditions. Didn't that like the way you so, did it. So mm. certain things. So yeah. 
that bloody Aussie and he created problems. But. And so you came back to, to WA and, yeah. uh, and took the helm again uh, with the now Western Warriors. Yep. How did you enjoy that second stint? Yeah, it was life easier than it was uh, at Yorkshire. Oh, yeah, it was a lot easier. I mean, I think we won the one day of that year or the second year. The, the, the biggest thing, issue that I had of coming back was that while I'd been away that period of time, my son had come back. He had played AFL footy or he played <laughs> um, one game and then had gone at Collingwood, but injuries had absolutely killed him. And he came back and started playing cricket, uh, started playing third grade, and, but the after a year, he was, he was in the WA team. He was playing for WA. So that was my biggest problem, whether I'd come back and coach while he was there. But because he had got in while I had nothing to do with it and he was established, I thought, well, yeah, I will come back. Yeah. Um, and – but the trouble is two years later he had trouble with his back and he had yeah. to have a pin in his back. And, you know, so that, that part of it was really disappointing. But – so you, yeah, I did you, you passed on the back injury to him. Well, then, I then. passed on all injuries to him, I think, which, is, which was because he had two shoulder reconstructions and knee reconstruction. And then when he went to Collingwood, um, he broke a leg. And that was when he decided he might give it away. So um, he was lucky enough that he came out and played cricket and he did all right. But yeah, I did four years. It was, it was good, but it probably was time to move on after that. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'd do more coaching, but. Uh, that just didn't work out. And, of course, in Australia, it's limited opportunities um, once people were there. And what, what occurred, of course, was that um, a lot when I first started, you are sort of like a, a coach on wages, really. Um, but the position of coach developed more and more and the players coming out of the game got more involved. 2020 came in and mm. I hadn't had much to do with that mm. apart from... I was coach when the first 2020 game was played here in Perth when they had to shut the gates. Did you like the concept when it first came up? Um, yeah, I liked it. When when yeah. I saw what happened, yeah. it was just extraordinary. You yeah. knew that it it wouldn't replace the, the, the test match, but it just introduced a different um, crowd, you know, yeah. the, the mothers and the kids. And, yeah. and it, it can only do good for the game. Mm. So, yeah, that was an extraordinary night because mm. they end up having to – close the gates. They just couldn't fit mm. any more in. They had people come into the members area and that was just like, wow, what have we got here? Mm. And But it's like all things, sometimes they get greedy and they nearly screw it up. So, you know, they've made it go too long and hopefully they'll bring that, they've started to bring it back and, mm. you know, keep it for what it was and, yep. you know, don't kill the golden goose. Yeah. Um, when you walked away from, uh, from WA for the second time, mm. um, did you miss it? Do you still miss it now? Do you miss that coaching at the oh, highest level? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm as, as I say, I'm coaching in the Premier League here, yeah. and that's harder Is than it? coaching. Yeah, because you've, you know, I, I, I've got about fifty blokes that all got different ones. Some just want to get on the grog and play, and some want to <laughs> some want to play for Australia. Some want to do this. So yeah, it, it is you know, more difficult than that. Whereas dealing with um, the guys that have got that motivation and all that it, it's it's a lot easier and now yeah. of course when you when you've got the help and the all the assistance that is there um it'd be fantastic because when i coached i had a part-time physio and a guy that was probably a fitness fellow and that was it you know yeah. so it 
yeah, things have changed. They all all do, and and suddenly, coaching is a career for players coming out of cricket, mm. where it wasn't mm. really. It was we were the sort of yeah early doors. And as, aside from nurturing people through their cricket days, uh, you also help uh, young broadcasters uh, get some experience and, and some professionalism behind the microphone um, at uh, community radio yeah. level too, don't you, at Sport FM? Yeah, you, yeah. Which it's... you've been involved with for some time now. Yeah, well, I got involved with them when they used to follow the, the cricket around and broadcast. Mm. They were the only ones doing live broadcast of, of Shield cricket. Yeah. And, and Colin Minson uh, was involved with that. And they used to go around Australia and they were the envy of every other state because they never used to get any coverage. Yeah. You know? And we used to get that coverage over a period of time. So I met Colin and then I, I sort of encouraged the players to go up during the game and, and we just built that relationship. And then when I finished, I, I got involved and we do a breakfast show and and it, it's just a great place for young aspiring commentators or disc jockeys, whatever you want, to come mm. in and cut their teeth. So, you know, I've been involved uh, probably doing that for, well, I don't know, 15 years maybe. And the Corbin Middlemesses and, and uh, Brett Spriggs, Ben Cameron, they're all with the ABC, a fellow by the name of Adam McGrath, Chris Clafunas in the background here. But it's not only just getting on air, but it's also doing the production side of things. And um, I just loved working with mm. the guys. And, you there, know, there I, I, be... I, I didn't help them too much. but it's... I'm sure you did. Yeah. There must be something in you, Wayne, that, uh, that gets some sense of satisfaction and reward from seeing some young talent and nurturing it, seeing it reach its full potential. Where, where does that come from? I, well, I think if anybody asked me what, what did I enjoy more, playing – or coaching, at times it's a difficult decision because we. I just went through a great era of WA yeah. cricket. We played. You know, I played in Five Shield, winning tides or something. And but I just love dealing and seeing people improve themselves. Yeah. And and it always has been. Um, so yeah, I, I I just love the coaching side of things. It's it's parts of it I don't like that much now but you know they're telling people that they haven't got a game and all that sort of stuff they'll have to go and shave yeah. their beard off yeah yeah <laughs> so but look I've, I've been really lucky in that and you mentioned at the beginning if you had regrets of not taking world series well no no different for all not. the reasons and stories yeah. you've just outlined over the last hour or so yeah there you go no regrets wayne clark thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us well, appreciate probably spoke it too much with it can't shut up. Thanks. <laughs> I imagine after a, a couple of uh, Swan premiums in your hand, the stories get even better. Well, we can organise that. There might be a few. <laughs> might be a collector's item these days. Still doesn't taste any good, though. Thank you, though. Thank you for coming in and sharing your story. We appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us next time as we unearth another WA inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.